1,000 years ago, superstition and the sword ruled. It was a time of darkness. It was a world of fear. It was the age of gargoyles. Stone by day, warriors by night. We were betrayed by the humans we had sworn to protect, frozen in stone by a magic spell for a thousand years. Now here in Manhattan, the spell is broken, and we live again. Defenders of the night. We are gargoyles. Hello, everyone, and welcome to your uncle's beach house, episode thirty. I'm Jackson. I'm joined by M as usual. Anime time. It is anime time, kinda, kinda. Cartoon time. Cartoon time. That's probably a podcast. I don't want to take, step on anyone's toes. I'm That's sure there's true. a podcast called Toon Time or something similar. There's definitely a podcast called Toon Time, but if, you know, when Toon Time's taken and you have to name yourself Cartoon Time, it probably feels a bit bad. Anyway, uh, we're joined by a guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hey, it's Nick. Hey. From Blast Time. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Thank you for being here. You've, we've got another podcast um to record about another show um i just googled there is a cartoon time podcast that went for one episode in 2015 and they watched a single episode of voltron force okay. uh, good for them and then they were like ah, it's fine <laughs> it tried it out didn't quite work but they tried <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't going to reveal it if it wasn't funny, but that's funny enough the, and old enough. <laughs> I feel like we need a podcasting, uh, like some sort of podcasting. I, I don't want to say like police, but someone who goes and tidies up all the discarded titles for podcasts, erases them from the internet. So you can you can have cartoon time now. It's been long enough. Yeah, so someone else needs cartoon time. Yep. Not us. We have no, a no, podcast. No. It's called Your Uncle's Beach House. This is it. <laughs> that, it's episode right. 30. Three decades of excellence. Um, three whole decades of anime. God, anime was so much better at the start when we started this podcast in 1990. <laughs> That's true. Um, but today we uh, are watching Gargoyles. The That's 19- not anime. Jackson. I know, I know. The 1990s uh, Disney cartoon. Um it ran from 94 to 97, uh, created by, it doesn't say. Uh, uh, Greg <laughs> Wiseman. Greg Wiseman. Well, uh, it, Frank Wiseman and uh, Michael Reeves and Bryn Chandler Reeves. Yes, no, because there's, yeah, it... there's loads of credits for like writers and then there's producers and everything, but it doesn't have like a clear created by credit on the Wikipedia page where it yeah. normally has one. Yeah, all the history by stuff for the show just say, oh, it's all Greg Wiseman, but probably disney had eight people developing this well, yeah it's okay. it's weird because like uh michael reeves like wrote and and uh bryn chandler reeves wrote 12 of these 13 episodes uh wiseman's like the producer and like was one of the like development leads but it seems like it was like it, the way they both described themselves as being in charge of it it sounds like maybe they don't get along and both and everyone thinks that they created gargoyles <laughs> that's kind of what it sounds like <laughs> sounds about right yeah 
Yeah, I'm reading this like development section on the Wikipedia page, and it's like, well, this person wrote six episodes. Here, this guy's the producer. Um, and they were all working at Disney and all kind of having tasks with making the next big thing. Uh, so it seems like a bit of a mess. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, then it gets switched to Sunday morning with season three, so I can't wait to see how that goes. Oh, uh, season three. That doesn't exist. Okay, so it's just season one and two, the banner. Yeah, yeah don't worry about season three. The Goliath well, we Chronicles. Wa- the Goliath Chronicles. <laughs> the Goliath Chronicles. The We Fired Everyone and Made More Episode Chronicles. But not that many more episodes. Yeah. Um, uh, we watched season one, because it's 13 episodes long. We did not watch the 52 episode season two. Um, but uh, why did you pick this, Nick? Yeah, I just watched it all the time as a kid, and it has Star Trek people on it. And you guys like the Star Treks, don't you? Yeah, we do, actually, yes. <laughs> yes, so it seems appropriate. The the Star Trek voices were always good. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, this is one of those cartoons that I always knew of, but I didn't, I didn't have Disney Channel growing up, so I never saw the show. Um, And uh, it just totally missed me. You know, was it actually on Disney Channel? I guess I don't know as a kid. It got later syndicated on Disney Channel. It was uh, one of those uh, Disney Afternoon type shows that oh, they okay. made like 60 episodes and then they just sold them to whatever local channels wanted them. Okay. Um, And so, yeah, I kind of, I, I never watched this. I'd always heard about it um, and was always curious about it, like growing up, like once I got old enough to be like into cartoons is like a history thing because it's like... You know, Disney taking a shot at like the Batman crown, but unlike Batman, did not animate this with anime talent, right? Mm-hmm. No, not really. And it really shows <laughs> the difference yeah, between the two yeah. is really stark because, like, the first episode literally opens like Batman the animated series. There's something mysterious happening on top of this very tall tower or whatever, and the cops show up and they're like, you know, very like detective noir cars and oh, what are we? What's going on up there? And, um. But because this is not, you know, like TMS and other anime studios animating this, uh, when the bad guys show up, they inevitably look like, like action figure ninjas. Of course they do. How else are we going to sell all these action figures? <laughs> yeah. Um, which creates this big incongruity where like this show feels, and it came after Batman, obviously it's influenced a lot by Batman, but it feels yeah, yeah. like the missing link between like, 80s shows like the He-Man types and Batman, even though it came after the fact, like it it's, sits between the two worlds in a way that is uh, often very charming to me uh, because I think the choices are weird. <laughs> uh, the part where it's like set in regular modern day New York, <laughs> but it has to be like post Batman Gothic New York for some reason, even yep. though you know, it's the 90s, and the New York is just, like, gothic cathedrals and then motorcycle gangs. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of a... Lo- and then, like, the NYPD, and that's it. That's any- It's all the people that live in New York uh, in Gargoyle's imagination. It's a very funny vision of, uh, like, world-building. Mm-hmm. And, like, a shop old owner to get robbed, basically. Yes. Yep. Yep. Um, which uh, is all good. I like that stuff. Uh, the part where it opens on a five episode, like introductory pilot arc, uh, TV movie almost. Yeah. That, that half takes place in like, you know, a thousand years ago. Uh, that part, uh, less into less. I, I'm going to say straight up every time they go back to like ancient Scotland stuff. I'm like, Oh God, why are we, what is happening here? I hate all of this. (laughs) Um, 
I, I, loaded, I loaded up the uh, first uh, on the Wikipedia, clicked on the first episode and it went, Gargoyles the movie, The Heroes Awaken. So yes. This, well, there you go. Yep. We, were, we were both laughing, what the hell? All these series, like these these uh, American series are always like super episodic and disposable, but they always have a massive uh, like five part first episode. That's because they sell it as a movie. Yeah. Yeah, um, you sell the you sell the VHS uh, for anyone who's catching it in syndication, and then they're like, "Oh, finally, I get to see." The- I remember I watched so many shows where I never saw the pilot until way later, like after I yes. like I'd seen most of the show. Uh yeah, no, same. Yeah, but you really don't need to see the pilot because every single episode has like a five minute long last time on <laughs> sequence. It's true. Yeah. Yep. Um, one of the things, uh, in the, in the, um, history stuff on here is that the previous on Gargoyle stuff was like when the show was originally like a, it was originally a comedy series and then they decided to dark it up. Uh, the next, the previously ons were meant to be like a bit. <laughs> I will like that. That sounds pretty Honestly. good. Yeah. I mean, they already kind of, they kind of are, but only because. The, the time where they do the, the, the gun episode's amazing, which we'll get into that in a bit. But then oh, the previ- gun episode. But there's a previously on of the gun episode, which just, like, cuts out all the plot, so it's just, like, the beginning and the end of it. Um, and yeah, so the previously ones are already kind of funny. I, I get how they... I see how they get there. Yep. Yep. Um, but yeah, because of that, you get, you know, five episodes at the beginning that is all, like... Uh, you know, the gargoyles in Scotland were lived in harm, kind of tenuous harmony with the humans, right? Where they helped each other. Um, and then it all went bad and they all got uh, cursed to live in stone forever until the castle rose up to the sky above the clouds. Just turns out, um, Steve Jobs is here and he wants to buy the castle and put it at the top of his skyscraper. <laughs> yep. Which he does. He does. Also, um, Steve Jobs has, like, an evil wizard name, but he just does black magic as a hobby. David Xanatos. David Xanatos. <laughs> it's me, Dave. Dave Xanatos. <laughs> exactly. Who is who is a Lex Luthor type um, with a ridiculous ponytail. So, like, like 90s Death of Superman Lex Luthor with his giant red hair, right? Like, this version of Lex yep. Luthor riffing on. Um, voiced by Jonathan Frakes, Riker in Star Trek, doing his most, like, shit-eating, scenery-chewing villain shtick. Um, but also, he's, like, later on, they, they make it a bleak reference, like, Citizen Kane reference, where he's like, I'm going to my upstate retreat, Xanadu. Which... <laughs> One is a Citizen Kane reference, but also the man named Xanatos has a <laughs> retreat named Xanadu. You can't do this. Honestly, he's the best part of the show. <laughs> he's, he's such the best part of the show. He's yeah. so good. He's so good. They they um they have a great thing with him. Jonathan Frake is like the perfect shitting Lex Luthor type. Yes, Lex Luthor yep. type. Yeah. Um, he, he also has like the, the, the mastermind thing where like literally everything that happens, he has planned out. He's like, I've got, you know, it's wheels within wheels. Like, I'm going to tell you my secret plans and then, uh, you're going to reveal, you're going to find out the secret plans behind the secret plans. But actually, I meant for you to find those out because it was going to get you in my trap at the end of the day. <laughs> but none of them like lead to anything in like long term plot. Um, because the series doesn't really have a long term plot. Well, his uh, his whole long term plot is to convince the gargoyles that they should work for him. So he's not like actually doing anything other than like trying to upstage them at every turn. It's really funny, right? Because he's just kind of like doing this long term negotiation with them, but by trying to beat them up occasionally, but not really. Just challenge them and see what's going on. Um, but at no point, at least in this series, do we have like a vision of what uh, Xanatos's like eventual supervillain plan is or whatever. 
Yeah. Um, well, like I said, this was all just a hobby for him. He just heard about this, yeah. like, gargoyle course. He's like, yeah, I have the money to check that out. But it's like Lex Luthor without, like, if Superman wasn't this, like, uh, ideological crisis in Lex Luthor's world, right? It, but just, like, a, a random thing he found on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Xantos is not threatened by the gargoyles other than, like, they told him no, and he doesn't like that when people, you know, say no to him. So he's just going to exactly. convince them even harder. Um his his whole thing is just I can get anyone to agree to anything I want. Uh, I'm a bored rich guy, um, and then the gargoyles have the have the weird existential crisis of um, they are like a reactionary. They're like a very conservative reactionary force because their culture is like their warriors who live in the you know their rookery or whatever, and that that's just kind of and they're very honorable and they love to fight though they're they're toward they're torn about having to fight all the time except for when the fight is good and in which case they love to fight that's what they do that's their whole life yep um, yep and also they're like a weird metaphor for like like indigenous land rights kind of. <laughs> I mean that that is a hundred percent what the series is about. They yeah. thankfully don't know that as they're writing it. <laughs> no, yeah. but the 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 whole like multiple episodes are about can we live with all these white people who have invaded our world? Right? Like that's, well, that's literally the plot. It's, it's not even, their world. They literally picked up their castle and yeah. just moved it a few countries over. It's yeah. It's even more than that. They like wake up and like America has consumed them, and yeah. then Amer- an American billionaire has said, "I own." Your your land and they're like what do you mean we have to leave, leave our land that's all we have and then uh, the cops like no you're more than your land you can be anywhere and they're like no you don't understand this is this is our fucking land what do you want from us yes oh, god i <laughs> it, i it have gets real uh, up there yeah i do not like their cop friend <laughs> um it it's interesting because she comes in and she's like very like the way in which she interfaces with them is very well-meaning like '90s like liberalism stuff. Yeah, um, but she's like, ah, oh, I you know I'm gonna befriend you. I'm gonna be the person who like always deals straight with you, and we're gonna get along. And uh, like, let's forget the part where I'm a cop because I'm I'm like not like a cop in any way other than works in like this sort of fiction where she is a detective, but also doesn't seem to do anything other than hang out with the heroes all the time. <laughs> Eventually, yep. she gets given a partner because she keeps hanging out with the heroes at the time. Like, can you make it to her job? Yeah. Um, but because of that, like, when she interfaces with them, it's such a weird thing where, like, the gargoyles don't have names when they show up. They're, like, even though they hung out with humans in the past, like, a thousand years ago, they were talking to humans all the time. Uh, they don't have names. They're like, oh, we only call each other friend. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, you, you, you literally were part of a royal, like, army a thousand years ago. <laughs> um, That's and the then Scotland. They, and then they yeah. name each, ex- except for Goliath who had a name, but then they name each other after parts of New York, which is really weird. I just see that as they they went around like exploring. They saw street yeah. signs. They're like, yeah, that's our names now. Yeah, but it's also like really weird when New York itself is like a city where like half the things are named after things in Europe, and the other half are named after like indigenous places that were taken over by Europeans who landed uh, here. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, and like none of this is like what the show is about, but it is an interesting friction in like watching this show that it like brushes right up against all this stuff and then doesn't, uh, like isn't about that. So it kind of never goes anywhere with it, but it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, um, basically the first nine episodes, Goliath, like, you know, until they actually settle in at the clock tower, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Goliath's only motivation is like, we have to 
we need our car, we need our land back. That's like that's our thing. That's that's where we came from. We can't, you can't take that from us. That's all we have. Um, and eventually they all decide, uh, no, it is New York City is our new home. <laughs> um, but also, Goliath is like this like young leader, right? Like he was given he was given the mantle uh, by like the former leader. Uh, yeah, Hudson. by uh, yeah Hudson. Yeah. When they and, had to do the flashbacks without anyone using names because they made that their like canon plot point, it's yes. very funny. Um, yep. So he's he's like the new leader, but also he's like. He's like the giant, like he's the traditionalist, right? Like he shows up and he's very like, no, this is our ways. We cannot abandon our ways as everyone's like, uh, but like we didn't ever, our ways never accounted for being in the future a thousand years from now across the <laughs> planet. <laughs> and he's like, you don't understand the ways are all we have left. And then, but that stuff is played as like the lesson of the week. Cause this is a cartoon that's like aiming for kids. So every time Goliath is like, a stick in the mud about his people's traditions and history. The result is at the end, he's like, you're right. Sometimes you have to compromise your traditions and history for your friends <laughs> to go live in a clock tower <laughs> that the cops set up for you. <laughs> uh, the series like plays completely as a comedy in a way that it doesn't quite intend. Cause like we obviously latch on to the like <laughs> power is a win metaphor for uh, land rights. But um, the thing that the series doing is like a uh, X-Men thing where they don't understand the gargoyles so they fear them but he's like no we must we mustn't murder the humans and someone else is like but bro <laughs> they killed all of us we should murder the humans um and it plays his like uh professor x type shtick as, as like pretty earnest but because i watched all these in a row what it means is that it will always go from like like there's the arc to the episode right which is arc one is the gargoyles trust someone because they are going to be trustworthy now in the new world and then um Arc two, is, uh, part two of the arc is that they are immediately betrayed. Um, yep, and humans actually hate them, and everything they've done is stupid. And then arc, uh, and the episode ends with them resolving to be like, no, actually, the-. in fact, I often say that no, you were right that we do need to take risks. This one just went bad, uh, but we can't hide here forever. And then next episode begins, they immediately are betrayed again. <laughs> this cycle just like continues throughout the plot of the show. Yeah. Um, and for Goliath's like Professor Xness, his Magneto is his like former wife, ex-wife. Yeah, that's the yes uh, part. And Demona, uh, who's voiced by Marina Sirtis, uh, who is also like the villains in the show, love to just be extra. I really appreciate this about them because oh, yeah. uh, they're great fun. But Demona is the Magneto type in that she's she's just been she wasn't cursed, so she's just been alive for a thousand years and has seen humanity for you know centuries and fucking hates them. And every time she shows up, she just says things that are true, and then they're like, ah, oh, but you've gone too far. It's it's like the Marvel movie problem. Uh, yes. She is right, but too much every time. <laughs> um, yeah, no, she's yeah. always correct, and the only nuance they give is that she's trying to murder people at the time that she's correct. <laughs> Well, there's also the, like, weird nuance of Goliath being like, no, I'm going to bring her back into the fold. I'll convince her to give up her violence and then we can, you know, bang again. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, his, co- his future cop girlfriend, cause I know that's definitely where this is going, tries not to, like, look too put out about it every time he says that. Well, the stuff with the cop girlfriend's really funny cause they do kind of lean into like, oh, he's carrying her and isn't this romantic and whatever. <laughs> but, but it's, it's, it, it looks like it looks. So there's no yeah. actual, like, romantic hot monster boyfriend tension there at all yeah it's still a kid's show yeah you can do this in the framework of a kid's show this is possible they've just made it look like this yeah yeah um Uh. 
I mean, I do like Elisa because she just, she's just, uh, shows up and she's very much, um, Renee Montoya, like in this show. Um, mm. and I, th- I think she's an interesting character. I'd like there to be more plots about her. The one plot she does get is unfortunately maybe the most obnoxious episode of this show where her brother gets hired by Xanatos just to like fuck with her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And his brother just instantly becomes like, he's like, ah, I'm, you know, I'm not on the force anymore. I'm not going to be in line of duty. I'm not going to get murdered. I get a nice paycheck. And she's like, how dare you betray me? And then he instantly becomes like a shady evil guy. He's like, ah, I can't talk to you, sister. I work for Xanatos now. Well, he did go work for the billionaire. Yeah, but like people sell out every day. Also, they were cops. They were cops. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Also, it takes her, her, her like 20 minutes into the episode to realize that. She can stop him working for Xanatos, but not make him come back as a cop. Like, that, he could just... If he doesn't want to be a cop, he could just go work for something else. Like, <laughs> doesn't realize those are different problems, right? Um, also, like, working for Xanatos doesn't make you, nece- like, automatically evil in the way the show depicts it. Like, he probably <laughs> he probably runs a lot of businesses. Not everyone who works for Xanatos is instantly the bad guy. And definitely not the bad guy on the scale of works for a corporation versus the NYPD. Well, also... He he's like flying on that he he flies the helicopter right that's what he's doing yeah 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 and in the episode the plot is they're being attacked by the pack who well, they're stupid but don't worry about them right now but they're being attacked <laughs> by the pack and all he kind of does is like run away from them and the secret like thing the 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 the, the killer evidence is that. Uh, is someone else admitting that Xanatos just did this to fuck with you? But there's no, there's no plan. All he would have done is just flew the flying this helicopter. He doesn't hire him for actual evil purposes other than because he's fucking bored. Man, I am holding my tongue here because um, season two, they do some stuff with the brother. <laughs> Oh, good. Good, good. I'm excited. Yeah. This, this is a show, uh, I guess we have, I think the show was really good. I was surprised by it. I think, um, I was expecting something a little more, a little less like episodic, just like one of these, like a, like a hero procedural, basically. Um, but my reaction to that is mostly to be like, pleasantly surprised like this is a great show to put on when i'm like working um you know watch two episodes uh, i think i'm just gonna actually watch this one uh like you, you know tackle the big season two in my spare time yeah yeah it's a very watchable show yeah it makes me less mad than like clone wars it kind of scratches a similar oh, yeah. itch but is like less uh very up and down <laughs> yes um also, I, I read the premise of season two where they meet gargoyles around the world, and that sounds awesome. Oh, yeah. Awesome. The world tour arc. That's like half of the second season. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, wait, so they're, I, so they're just the last of the, like, Scotland gargoyles then? That's yeah. what they find out, yes. Okay. There are actually loads of gargoyles now. I mean, there are other castles, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, in time us- to go, go find the but- Swiss gargoyles. Yeah, about the other gargoyles, it kind of turns out that just, like, other monsters from mythology are kind of just gargoyles. They just kind of look like other monsters. Good. Yep. Uh, I read there were Japanese gargoyles, and I was like, okay, gotta see what this is. Gonna be gonna be kind of embarrassing, but probably very fun. It's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> yep. Um, so yeah, um, so yeah, I really, I, uh, really enjoyed the show in a way I was not anticipating because I was like, you know, you never know what you're getting into with these sort of shows. And the opening, like I said, I don't really like the ancient, uh, Scotland part. Though, 
when you get characters who are tied into the ancient Scotland part showing back up, like when Macbeth shows up, I'm like, this guy is sick. One, he's voiced by, uh, um, God, what's that guy's name? He played Gimli. Why can't I think of his name? Yeah, I know what you're talking uh, about. Macbeth. I have no idea who, was, who played Gimli. His name is Gimli. Yeah, uh, no, I know. I just want to get his name now, I and it. I can't. Uh, uh, John Reese davies There you go. Okay, yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, he sh- and he shows up and is just like this like he's just his character from uh indiana jones but what if he was like death death strike or whatever deathstroke and it's yeah. sick he has like laser guns and hovercrafts and stuff yes and a trench coat but also he just talks with his like john reese davies incredible accent and it it's it's amazing um this show is carried so much by just having good casting yes uh, you got Jeremy Davies, obviously. You got Keith David really carrying Goliath being like a giant stick in the mud at all times. Um, because he's good at that. Uh, good at like, you know, being dramatic and the heavy in like a dramatic sense. Uh, you know, Jonathan Frakes chewing scenery and Marina Sirtis right behind him, uh, fresh off of Star Trek are great. Um, Michael Dorn shows up at the very end. Yep. I'm really excited for more of that character if I watch more. Oh, they um, do some more stuff with him, so don't worry. Because <laughs> uh, uh, he shows up and he's like, he's like, was a gargoyle. He was like, you know, uh, he was like Goliath's brother or whatever. Like, you know, part of their squad and was killed. And they put him in a half cyborg body. And he's like a weird Frankenstein gargoyle now. And it's incredible. What a ridiculous choice. <laughs> Uh, I love that character. Cold Stone. Cold Stone. <laughs> now that's uh, an action figure. <laughs> and then, um, uh, let's go through some of the plots here. There's, okay. So, the two most ridiculous plots. Uh, the first one is the one where, um, one of the gargoyles immediately betrays them to Desdemona because we gotta, we, maybe she's reasonable now. Let's go, we can work with her. It's the first act of an episode. I'm going to trust whoever talks to me. Um, and then uh, steals a spellbook for her. And uh, Goliath is put under a, like, possession spell. And, you know, they, they fight They fight uh, everything. They get the book back. Uh, they chase Desimona off. The day is saved. Uh, but uh, he's still under the possession spell. And they can, like, command him. But they can't make... They can't turn him back into Goliath. There's nothing in the spellbook that will do it. So, the solution that this show comes up with is that the cop steps forward and goes, uh, actually, I spell you to react as if you were never under a spell for the rest of your life. Um, which is wild. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's interesting because it just like it just cuts off so many potential plots of like ah Goliath under a spell of that does X Y or Z like you're never gonna get the spell that turns Goliath into a kid a gargoyle because you can't put him in the, under any spells you're just cutting off like as a writer's room thing why would you make this choice in like episode seven. <laughs> It's so funny, because I assume, like, spells going forward, they're like a part of the world, so people are going to use them, mm-hmm. uh, and now he's, like, powerfully immune to all of them because of this one, like, magic loophole. It's like oh, a weird no. logic, logic genie wish. 
Well, he's just immune to, like, uh, mind control spells, I guess. They, he could still be put under other spells. They they said no spell. You can't be influenced by any spell. If they well, walk that back, that's fine. I, it's probably the right choice. But oh, actually, I they will just ignore it ever happened. But, like, what I actually want is, like, all the gargoyles come under some, like, massive spell and it doesn't affect him because he's <laughs> got this ridiculous thing from 70 episodes ago. Yeah, so the thing I'm thinking about is in uh, Season 2, there is a... Uh, plot involving uh the character puck from shakespeare and his magic works just fine oh okay, so they just ignore this yeah <laughs> yeah okay um uh and then you had the other plot you want uh, to talk then, about. then you have the gun plot which the oh, gun, i was losing my mind I was losing the gun my episode mind. is so good <laughs> So, uh, first of all, there's, like, guns in this show. Like, real just gun-ass guns, some handguns. Yep, uh, Modern-day handguns. Using guns. Yep. Uh, and normally, like, in the early episodes, they're shooting, like, trank darts and lasers, and there's, like, a laser version of guns that come into, you know. Uh, there's very actual... They still don't, like, have people shoot people with bullets, except one time where one of the gargoyles is just walking around the cop's apartment, and, you know, she's making food for him, and he's, he's like, oh, it's food time. I'm just gonna, like, be in the modern world and mess about with things and he like picks up the gun and it's not played as like a, he doesn't know what guns are thing it's played as like a he's been watching uh westerns on the tv oh he's so stuck he, into a movie theater to see some westerns right he's stuck into a movie, movie theater right the tv stuff the other episode with the pack <laughs> oh yeah yep uh so he, he's, been, he's been watching westerns and he's doing haha i'm western i'm doing my like gun thing and bang shoots the gun Cop falls down the floor, bleeding, and I'm like, oh, did he graze her side? No, she's in hospital at death door, because he shot her with a gun, but uh, the, he, like, destroys the gun and runs away, and the cops don't think, well, obviously a magic stone gargoyle that can turn into a monster in the night did this. Um, they instead uh, think it's uh, this other guy who's doing a weapons deal right now. And then Goliath, like, I must take revenge uh, for the people that shot my uh, not-yet-girlfriend. The actual gargoyle that, like, shot her is, like, behind him the whole time going, wait, no, hang on, wait. Oh, wait, no, before that, he's going on a whole, like, revenge mission. It just kind (laughs) of runs into Goliath, destroying all the guns in the city. Yep. Yep. This episode's amazing. Because it's like a you know very protracted uh, anti-gun half. Like the reason they can get away with having a character shoot someone is because the entire episode's about why you shouldn't shoot people with guns. Yeah, um, yeah. And like all other cartoons of this time, they can have guns, but they have to be like the special laser guns that always miss. So this is like their lead into that. It's weird because uh, yes. like Batman got into this weird situation where they couldn't show handguns, obviously, because that's a thing that kids could get a hold of and replicate. Like that's yeah. the standard of practice complaint. And so that show just has like infinite Tommy guns. Like they're fire. Like every criminal has a machine gun in a way that is like absolutely ludicrous because that's not a thing people could legally own. So it's not replicatable. So they can get away with it. Uh, this show having like a handgun, uh, but it's in the service of like, Oh, someone, one of the characters shot another character, like very special episodes, but also it's Gargoyle, so it's like a weird, like revenge is like an idea you should never follow because it only hurts everyone around you plot is just like the confluence of three things in a way that is just out. It's just too much. It's so much. Well, that wasn't the episode in the, in the, uh, prologue movie thing. Yeah. He just got, he just got cheated out of his revenge because some guys just fell off the cliff. Yep. Yep. (laughs) 
Um, and also, they, they don't even, like, Elisa's, like, in crutches the episode after that, but is fine afterwards. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she recovered fast from getting shot in the spine. <laughs> and they actually, like, completely own themselves with the timeline here, because they this is, like, exactly when um, Zantas has a week to get out of jail. Exactly, yes. and then when and then when he's uh, when, when then the next week he's out of, he's like coming out of jail and she's on crutches. So uh, they they give themselves a the time. She's like a week on crutches, like <laughs> death door. She's I think they say shot in the spine. Yeah, they like, say the yeah, they say it narrowly, like they, it like narrowly like it's right next to her spine, and they take it out or whatever. The surgeon's like, ah, oh, it narrowly missed the back of her spine. I've got it. I got the bullet. Yeah, Just she's a not a wheelchair. From the rest of this episode. She's not in a reach of for the entire series. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, incredible just to just to watch that. Uh. Yeah. Um, the other thing I really like, uh, I think it's very silly. Episode six, right after the big, like, five episode introductory arc, we get an episode that introduces the pack, which are a... The most, this is a toy line someone thought up and never went anywhere, but here they are. We put them in this television show, um, who are a bunch of like wolf themed, uh, like reality television super bounty hunter cops. <laughs> They're kind of like American Gladiator, but not quite. But also like Dog the Bounty Hunter, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and they're all owned by Xanatos and they're all goofy and they're led by, uh, Clancy Brown, who was like, like he was one of the guys in the thousand years ago. I'm like, I can't believe they're using Clancy Brown on this like prologue character. Very happy to see him back. Um, at, you know, the Lex Luthor in my heart is here. (laughs) Yep. Um, and they are just goofs. Like, they, f- they are, they feel like X-Men characters. Cause later, after they're, like, you know, they're disbanded, quote unquote, you see, like, two of them, like, just in normal clothes, like, doing a heist. And it's the most, like, Wolverine goes to a dinner party looking fools in that episode. It's very good. Well, yeah, they both have the crazy Wolverine, like, spiked yes. up side hair. Yes. Yeah. The designs are so much, uh, because, like, they're up against, like, Xanatos has his ridiculous ponytail, but a lot of people are just random 90s, like, citizen number three. Like, anytime they interact with, like, random people, like, when the pack are beating, like, fighting their gargoyles, like, this family comes up, like, Bruce and Martha Wayne, or uh, Thomas and Martha Wayne show up with their little kid watching them beat up these gargoyles, (laughs) and they pretend it's a movie, and they are just generic people in a way that's very funny compared to the way the pack looks. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I do like in the episode how the final battle just uh, takes place on a rooftop with just actual like s- statue gargoyles. Yes, and they're just able to blend in perfectly. That was legit cool. Yep. Yep. Yeah, all that stuff's cool. It is the weird incongruity of these giant monster guys then fighting, you know, these very like eighties like cartoon characters uh just gives it like it's very much like x-men cartoon styled characters that are it's just a cool style incongruity like it feels so strange Um, but it's held together by like the writing being good and the acting being good so you know uh yeah no it's it's just very watchable and very fun um i mostly uh really enjoyed this show I always have an adjustment process with every time we do like a uh, Western cartoon from this era, where at the start I feel like I'm not watching scenes so much as I'm just like reading the note card of what should be in a scene. Right. Because <laughs> because yeah. every scene in every one of this was true of Cyber Six, this was true of Echo Squad as well. Was like the um 
the soundtrack is like very propulsive like like it's a trailer with narration or something uh it never ne- never settles you know because everyone like every scene has like four lines someone comes in says here's my thing someone else says here's my thing and then it goes dramatic thing so well that's what you think and the next scene is like almost all the scenes and mm-hmm. uh this this show is very good at, like getting a lot of character out of characters in that like framework um because there's very rarely times where everyone just like settles and has an actual conversation, like a scene in a show, mm. um, which is just the, the like style of the era for this like kind of animation in America. Um, mm. And it, it, you know, once I adjust it, I'm like, oh, it's fine. Uh, but it always catches me off guard because it's very different to the other stuff we watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it ends up, it ends up being, uh, pretty good about that stuff. The music is really overdramatic, but there's like one, there's like a triumphant gargoyles theme that just reminds me of the Coliseum music in Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Yep. And yep. every time it comes up, I just feel myself transported back to like grinding That's Coliseum the power battle. Of the <laughs> That's the power of the Keyblade. That's the power uh, Gargoyles for Kingdom Hearts 4. Let's do it. Come on, bring them back. They should. I think they, they should. Really fit, actually. At least a summon or something. I don't know. Yeah. That's a better it's... fit than most of the things they've got in Kingdom Hearts. I yeah. know, right? Uh, also, I really want to see Gargoyle Sora. That would be a great idea. Oh, that would be <laughs> sick. Do it. Uh, they never will. They never will. No, they would. They yeah. forgot this series existed, except, I don't know, they put it on the streaming, so maybe they'll do it. I think the thing is, like, bec- like I bet they would do it if like they asked, right? Uh, right. But I don't think Square Enix is going to ask for gargoyles. Like they don't have the gargoyles to stand. Yeah, I wonder if this is like a thing that. So it's interesting because like I don't know if this is like a thing that is popular in Japan, but I do like in this thing there was like there apparently there's like a big uh, gargoyle reference in Big O at some point. Going to watch that okay. someday. Oh, uh, really? So like. And and there there was like Japanese companies involved in like the animation of this show. Like I I don't know if this made it over there, but it seems like a show that might have a fan base. I just doubt it's Square Enix people, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the like uh, people involved in the show, because it's not you know I'm looking at the people's credits for the specifically the three directors who directed the first five episodes are, are like mm-hmm. credited as the yep. movie directors, but I assume it's just break down between episodes. Yeah. Uh, one of yeah. them is a uh, Beach House uh, has also directed a Beach House classic. <laughs> Uh, oh really? Oh really? Which is they are the director, which we we you know, uh, below you know, there's the chief director. These they, they are credited as director as well. Uh, on the uh, one of our favorite shows, Flag. Oh really? Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Uh, as Takahashi is you know chief director, and then uh, he is the director and like did the script in episode thirteen, and uh, <laughs> loads of other credits and like you know was a unit director on the Aladdin TV series for three episodes. A lot of uh, I think all three of these people were uh, worked on the Aladdin show. Uh, okay, but it's it's funny seeing just how much like crossover there is between like Disney stuff and anime stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Because you know, if you're good at animation, you're good at animation, right? Like you go between multiple yeah. places. Well, it's a uh, TV animation in the '90s. You tend to outsource exactly. that a lot, especially yeah. to Japan. Sto- oh, he's a storyboard artist on Gundam Narrative. So, oh, someday we'll, someday we'll find someday. out. Oh, that movie yeah. was terrible. So <laughs> look forward exactly. to that in five years, give or take. I think I think five years is about right. That makes sense to me. Yeah, it's yeah. Just- assistant director on the episode of Yamato where they the with the big fight the the big fight the big fight episode with the big sheet the big fleet at the end okay. oh cool there you go so, yeah just like yep. it's, it's it's weird it's like seeing like um 
Who's the other person? Uh, Saburo Hashimoto, uh, also director. Um, ten episodes of Darkwing Duck. Sixty-five episodes as animation director on Heathcliff and the Cadillac Cats. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, man. I like Darkwing yeah. Duck. And then, like, three episodes directing of Lupin the Third Part 3. <laughs> okay. Does it say which episodes? Uh, let's play the abduction. The copy man comes expensive, and good afternoon, Hell's Angel from 1984. Can't tell you if you're a Lupin head, you know. I'm probably you said part one three. Of those. Part yeah. three, yes, yeah. in mid eighties. No one's favorite Lupin show. <laughs> I never hear anyone talk about part three. Never. I bet it's I bet it's fine. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. They're not complaining. They're not complaining about like part four. So. I, I don't know. I know part two. It's really long. It's one everyone like thinks of. I liked part one. I think part two's been uneven so far, but I'm really early, so we'll see someday. I've seen more part two, so. Um, but yeah, it is really weird that like no one ever did anything with this. I know it's really popular, uh, and there was like some comics, right? That's what they did, and they've been trying. I feel like people have been trying to bring it back, but I just don't think there's interest there in like yeah. Disney interest. Like every few years, Greg Wiseman is like out there saying, "Hey, I would like to bring this back. Someone, please give me money to bring this back." Disney. Uh, this uh, Wikipedia says uh, the G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra people tried to make an adaptation in 2011. That didn't go anywhere. And then in 2018, Jordan yep. Peele pitched a f- version to Disney, which please make that whatever it is. God. Yeah, Jordan Peele just seems exactly the kind of person who would be way too into Gargoyles. I bet now he is too big to be doing a Gargoyles adaptation, but I wish. It sounds oh, good. When was uh, when was uh, Get Out? Uh, was that get 2017, out? I believe? 2017, yeah. Yeah, if this then, was him, like, leveraging, uh, oh, I gotta get out fame now, I'm gonna go make my dream project. Gargoyles. Disney, give me money. Yeah. And they say no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I assume that, um, this, you know, dealing with Disney and being like, can I make a Gargoyles movie, but cool is, uh, he's got better things to do at this point. Yeah, yeah. Um... But, no, he went and uh, made the Twilight Zone instead. Right, oh, well, he did, he barely. I think he just like does the voiceover for that, and he's like in it. I don't think he's as yeah. involved as the like marketing yeah, one to no, make you sound like he I has know. a producer credit or something. Yeah, yeah. everyone's a producer credit. I know. <laughs> uh, but guess God, that Twilight Zone show fucking terrible. I haven't watched it. I've seen a few episodes. It's bad. They yeah, they put out the yeah. entire second season like all at once in June, and no one talked about it because it was June of twenty twenty. <laughs> Nope. Well, there you go. There you go. So I assume there will not be a third season of the revival Twilight Zone. Probably uh, not. Go watch some old Twilight Zone. It's it's still good. It is still good. Um, it's yeah. great. Do we have anything else for Gargoyles? No. There's a Genesis game. Does anyone? Do you know if that's any good, Nick? Did you ever play the Genesis game? I never played a Genesis game. I actually. That sounds like something I might have rented. Okay. It seems like it yeah. might be, if, it, if it's just like a, you know, uh, it seems like it's just an action side-scroller. I bet that's all right. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah, I guess that's everything. Uh, we don't have another one of these set up, so I can't tell you what next is. Uh, if you were listening to this and you're like, oh, I have one that's uh, due, please let us know. <laughs> uh and if if there's nothing between now and uh, Christmas, we will have another Christmas special. Uh, so look forward to that when it drops. Yeah, thank you, everyone. 
Uh, plugs. Plugs time. Can't not do plugs. Um, and Nick, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, I never have any of the plug. Uh, if you're on the Abnormal Mapping Discord, I'm on there. I'm uh, actual Nick there. Yeah. So if cool. you want to stop by, say hi, hang out. Everyone's cool here if you're not already here. Yeah. Uh, you can find me at headfullsoff on twitter.com. You can find other podcasts that me and M do at abnormalmapping.com. Uh, go listen to them. There's a bunch of cool good ones. Yeah. Um, uh, so I looked up this Genesis game, and uh, Michael Giacchino is one of the composers on it. Uh, one oh. of two composers. Humble beginnings. <laughs> um, yep. Anyway, you can find me on Twitter at em underscore being. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can do that at patreon.com slash mapping. One dollar gets you Gundam every week. We continue to work on 08th MS team. Uh, we're nearly done. After that will be Gundam X. Very excited for Gundam X. Um the MS team this week was pretty good. So, you know, it's up and down. Gundam giveth and Gundam taketh away. (laughs) Um, We'll have a reckoning with that YouTube video. We'll see how I feel. Yep. Yep. Maybe oversold a little bit, but, you know, it's still pretty good. (laughs) Hey, hey, I've seen that scene. I think it's all right. (laughs) It's pretty good. It's pretty cool. Anyway, that's it. Uh, We'll be back uh, for our Christmas Beach house if there's nothing else. So, uh, yeah, Gargoyles. Goodbye. All right, bye.